Welcome to the podcast of the Center for Asian American Christianity at Princeton Theological Seminary, a space for ongoing dialogue among Asian American scholars, ministry leaders, and activists. On a personal note, uh, Dr. Alan Yee's work has a huge amount of intersection with the Overseas Ministry Study Center. He is a professor of intercultural studies and missiology at Biola University. And a lot of his work on the changing landscape of missiology, his most recent text on polycentric missiology, is uh, a hot topic when it comes to the world church and the different flows um, of how the gospel is being shared and worked upon. And so it's really a privilege to have him here. I feel like a kindred spirit with him in terms of our studies of uh, the world church and having that intersect with our studies of our own identities as Chinese Americans, uh, not just Asian American. And as has been alluded to in the panel yesterday, Dr. Alan Ye is truly a, a Renaissance man. Um, not only did he do some work on, on, on Christianity in China, he actually has a specialization in Latin America as well. He serves on the board of trustees for the Foundation for Theological Education in Southeast Asia, as well as the International Theological Seminary. And so uh, his work spans uh, studies at Yale, at Gordon-Conwell, at Edinburgh, as well as Oxford. And so with all of this experience, you know, not just in books, but also in travel, Alan has been to 64 countries on all six continents in order to study missions um, and, and, and the work of the church around the world. And with that, um, he really brings uh, just a di really diverse set of perspectives. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your take on the struggles and uh, dynamics that are uh, at work within the Chinese American community and how our faith plays into that. So let's give Dr. Ye our applause and our time. Thank you, Thank you very much. I am delighted to be with you and I am going to be uh, presenting my slide here. So, right, my talk is called Christianity as mediator between Chinese and Chinese-American migration, vertical and horizontal dimensions of belonging. So there is actually a lot of resonance, obviously, uh, with so many of the presenters today. I do want to particularly point out David Chow's talk today. Uh, he was looking more at uh, theology and ecclesiology. I'm going to be doing something similar, except I'm going to be looking a little bit more politically. Also, just a note, um, while my lecture is about uh, Chinese versus Chinese American, I will at times be making more general statements about Asians and Asian Americans. So you might hear me go back and forth between these two. And so I'll say Asian or Asian American when I'm being quite general and because sometimes it is applicable continental wise and wide. And then sometimes I will say Chinese or Chinese American if that is specific to that ethnicity or uh, nation. Okay, moving on. When we think about white Western considerations of belonging, one major difference is, unlike the Asian or Asian American community, is they are usually not as attendant to ethnicity, except monolithically. In other words, you usually don't hear white Western people, whether Christian or not, refer to themselves as Norwegian or German or Irish or anything like that. I mean, they might, but uh, usually they don't. They just can think of themselves as white or white Americans, or even they will drop the white and just think of themselves as just American, right? That's sort of, uh, that is white privilege. That is normality, neutrality, um, that they 
occupy the pole position, if you will. And instead, they often think of their considerations of belonging as replaced by nationalism. You know, they might just think of themselves as just American, as I said, or politicization. They might specifically think of themselves Democrat or Republican, and they will sometimes even vilify the other side as not really American, right? Uh, we sometimes hear that. So when uh, they, they think uh, to be truly American, you have to be one of these political parties and the other political party they think is not actually American or truly embodies the values of our country. Uh, or they think about it in terms of economics, free market capitalism or something like that. So, and in contrast, Asian Americans uh, will usually, uh, or Chinese Americans will think of their belonging as uh, specifically what type of Asian. Okay, so uh, most Asian Americans are very aware if they are Korean or Hmong or Vietnamese or Filipino or, you know, whatever, as hyphen with American. So that that is something which is very conscious on their mind in terms of their food, in terms of their language. Uh, even if they don't speak the language, they know where the roots of where they came from. And it's a big deal. To them. Another is liminality. It means that a lot of uh, Asian Americans are bicultural, bilingual, intergenerational, right? So th these things are very uh, much a part of the uh, makeup of Asian Americans, unlike white Americans. But the, the problem is we too often parrot the white left-right political spectrum, right? So this is why I said this is similar to David Chow's lecture, except uh, instead of he was talking about theology, I'm talking about politics here. And so we will map ourselves onto uh, left or right politics. But those come from very different situations. Those come from historical things that the white community has struggled with and not necessarily the Asian American community. Um, or the alternative is that sometimes we reject both. So uh, sometimes Asian Americans will just pair Democrat or Republican, but sometimes we'll say we don't want either one of those. But then we don't really have a good alternative. Okay. Uh, we don't want to be too white, but we also want to be too Asian. And so there is this struggle that we face in between. And so Asian Americans often opt for a third choice. Now, I want to actually refer to African American uh, scholar Charles Gilmer, who wrote a book called A Cry of Hope, A Call to Action, Unleashing the Next Generation of Black Christian Leaders. And in this, he outlines the ABCs of people of color. Now, this could very easily apply to Asian Americans as well. A is assimilated. The sort of way of saying this is whitewashed. Uh, B is bicultural, which means you try, try to straddle both sides. And C is contextualized, which means uh, you really try to own your Asian background or, or, your, or your context. Okay, And so... The, the, the problem here is that um, even within Asian Americans, we, we battle among ourselves about this. I mean, you know, as Sujin alert, uh, alluded to, or she mentioned that uh, sometimes the, the C, the contextualized Asians, will look at the A's and say, you're Twinkie, you're a banana, right? You're yellow on the outside, you're white on the inside. And then the A's will look at the C's and say, well, the, you know, you are um, FOB, right? Fresh off the boat. Uh, because of the way you dress or the way you talk or whatever. And then there's the B, the bicultural, which seems like they have the best of both worlds, but sometimes they're actually rejected by both sides. 
you know, I try to be, be as much as possible. I speak Chinese and I speak English and I try to eat both foods and I feel comfortable in navigating both countries. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard when I'm in the United States and people look at me and say, well, you know, you must be from somewhere else. They, they, the perpetual foreigner mentality, where are you from? Right. That question that we always get. Um, and I'm like, I'm from here, but they don't understand or buy that. And then when I'm in China, you know, people know that I'm not from China because of the way I speak or dress. And so they ask me where I'm from. And I say I'm from the United States. And uh, they don't understand that either, because they say from the media, all we see is that Americans are white or black. Uh, we never see Asians in the media. And therefore, they think that I can't be from the United States. And so bicultural sometimes feels like you're part of both worlds, but part of neither. And so, uh, so the third choice, you know, you can try to be bicultural. Uh, sometimes Asian Americans opt to be more like white Democrats or progressives. Okay, so I see a lot of Asians who but don't want to be uh, white conservative. And so but they end up being white Democrat or white progressive. And then I feel like you're still being white, though, right? You're still not being Asian. And then the third option, funnily enough, is African-American. Okay, <laughs> and so sometimes Asian-Americans don't want to be uh, bicultural or white Democrat or progressive. So they, they opt for African-American. We see this with Eddie Huang in Fresh Off the Boat, that sitcom, but it was based on his life story. And I've actually met him before. And, you know, you look at he, the, the music he listens to, the way he dresses is all African-American. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. But it is the, the problem is none of these third choices are actually Asian-American, right? And, um, you know, I think about this in church a lot of times, you know, they'll have multicultural worship sometimes in some churches in the United States who are really trying hard, right? So they'll have like, you know, a white 16th century Reformation hymn, and then they'll do black gospel music, and then they'll do a song in Spanish, and then they get to the Asians, and they're like, we don't know what to do with your worship, right? <laughs> like, you're, you're not going to have like, you know, worship music with pentatonic scales, right? So I, I, it's like, what do you do with that? And then some of you may have seen recently the Netflix TV show Beef. Uh, and there's this one scene in it where Steve Yun, the actor, he, he's, you know, who grew up in the church. And he does this very authentic thing where he's, he's singing this worship song in church with tears streaming down his eyes. But he's singing a Chris Tomlin song, right? And, and that feels like there is no Asian American worship because we either have to go full Asian or we just go white. And um, so where do we belong? What what is that option? And it feels like a lot of times Asian-Americans have to either be TGC, the Gospel Coalition, or PACT, which is the Progressive Asian-American Christians. And I would say, well, I, I don't know that um, either of those extremes completely embody what Asian-Americans are or can be. Uh, those still occupy uh, white spaces or white uh, uh, right or left political spectrum uh, kind of perspectives, okay? So I'm going to propose a fourth choice in this presentation, Christian Asian American, okay? But more on this later. And, and I also recognize that uh, the number four is considered historically bad luck or culturally bad luck in Asia, but we're Asian American, so that's okay. Um, okay, so let me talk about uh, examples of how the Western left-right political paradigm does not work in Asia. Nancy Pelosi, former House Speaker, a Democrat, recently supported Taiwan. She went to visit Taiwan, really made mainland China mad, right? But 
China is more left or communist than Taiwan. And so it's interesting that the, someone who's more left in the United States would support government that might, might be considered more right in Asia. That's because these paradigms don't neatly line up, right? In contrast, Elon Musk, a, cons a conservative or a fiscal conservative at least, cozies up to mainland China because of his fiscal policies, right? And another example is conservative American Christians tend to support Chinese house churches over the governmental three self-patriotic movement churches, even though the house churches are illegal and rebel against the government, right? You, you think that conservative American Christians would all, always say, like, obey the government, right? And then yet they're supporting this sort of rebel movement, right? Meanwhile, progressive Asian American Christians tend to support the TSPM. And um, so this, this gets really complicated because um, when you support the TSPM and then that sort of destroys this uh, underground movement, uh, which actually flourishes because of the egalitarianism of women leaders, right? So there's, there's this like sort of a side effect, which may not be recognized. Um, and then if you support uh, the Chinese communist government, implicitly, you're actually supporting Western ideology because they are Marxist, right? And so also that is implicitly condoning human rights abuses, abuses such as the Uyghur concentration camps and the annexation of Tibet and the suppression arrest of the house churches. And so, uh, you know, when you dig deeper, you find that sometimes the left is actually supporting uh, ideologies that uh, they wouldn't have supported if they saw the implications of this. And same with the right. Okay. And so uh, a third bullet point here is a um, question. And this is something that um, David Chow also mentioned uh, similarly. Is the Pentecostal Indian Christian, for example, who immigrates to the U.S. Uh, evangelical as we understand it? Right. Can you rightly map that onto uh, white American evangelicalism? Uh, or does the PCUSA in Korea fit the Western definition of mainline and this sort of ecumenical versus evangelical um, spectrum doesn't really work within Asian Christianity, okay? Fourth bullet point, Western Christians love to debate egalitarianism versus complementarianism, but interestingly, Asian Christians are often more patriarchal and at the same time also have more female church leaders. So this, they, if you talk to them, they, they're like, we don't even understand this egalitarian versus complementarian debate, right? So it does not neatly map. A fifth thing I want to bring up is, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the uh, Jackson-Wu controversy, okay? So just, just in case you don't know uh, about this, uh, Jackson-Wu is actually a white American. His real name is Brad Vaughn. Uh, but he was a missionary in China for many years. And he actually um, used this pseudonym. And part of it was to, you know, missionaries often will do this to hide from the communist government. And so, um, and he would actually, he, but he became pretty famous after a while. And he, he wrote books under the name Jackson Wu. And then most recently, he actually criticized a book by Mektis Hadis. Uh, she is an Ethiopian American. Uh, she wrote a book called A Just Mission. And he, he, he criticized this. And but the problem is, when it came out that he was actually a white American, then he was accused of cultural appropriation, you know, using an Asian name. And um, IVP actually just released a statement because his book and also Mektis Hadis's book came out under IVP uh, that they actually uh, will be actually burning all of uh, Jackson Wu's books and supporting Mektis Hadis. And, and what's really interesting is 
that uh, Asians in Asia support Jackson Wu or Brad Vaughn. They, they don't see it as cultural appropriation, but Asian Americans really think this is bad. And so, again, it shows that the two sides of the Pacific look at this thing quite differently. Okay? Many Asian American Christians will be against perceived patriarchalism or Confucianism of Asia. But does this mean we are being Western imperialists and not respecting Asia's culture, right? So I, I see sometimes progressive Asian American Christians who will say, oh, we don't like Confucianism because it is patriarchal. But is that actually a, taking a Western viewpoint and uh, destroying traditional Asian culture, which is imperialistic, right? So then that shows, that means the left is being somewhat imperialistic, right? And then the issue of LGBTQ, this really gets complicated because um, the left in America tends to support LGBTQ and POCs, people of color. But um, in Asia and also a lot of uh, Christians around the world uh, in non-Western countries are actually more traditional with their view of LGBTQ um, and they are POCs, right? So it gets very confusing. Do you support them or do you not? Because... Uh, it just does not neat, neatly map out. So, all right. I was just trying to paint with the, the last slide uh, the complicated nature of simply using a left-white political binary uh, for Asian Americans. It doesn't quite, quite work, okay? Because bicultural people ultimately have multiple belongings, right? Uh, Rich Viotas, who is the pastor of New Life Fellowship Church in Queens, uh, which is they say it's the most multi-ethnic zip code in America, uh, outlines the further dynamics of an immigrant or ethnically diverse church. And, and I, I, even though this is not specifically about Asian Americans, he, I think this is instructive. He says there are conservatives who obviously want to keep things the same. They see very little wrong with America, or maybe they want to restore what was, you know, make America great again, right? Uh, progressives who see very little right with America and want to change things a lot. Then you have the grateful immigrants. Okay, so this is where he nuances it. He says the first two are not the only way to see it. You have to have the grateful immigrant, which is the third kind. And he said, for example, Cubans in Florida or Cuban-Americans in Florida, right? One thing I wonder, uh, sometimes wonder about Florida is why are they so Republican if there's so many Hispanics there? Right. It, we have this stereotype that Republicans are anti-Hispanic or anti-immigrants or whatnot. Not. And and this explains it. Right. Um, you have so many Cubans in Florida who escaped from Cuba and Cuba is a leftist government. Right. And so they come to the United States and they are just grateful. They say we have just escaped the most horrific thing. Anything here is better than what we had back there. Right. And so. They tend to lean very right in the United States, even though uh, they are Hispanic. So that, that is the narrative of the grateful immigrants. And then fourthly, there's the uh, apolitical spiritual, which says, uh, we just want to love Jesus. We just want to be Christian. Uh, we don't care about politics. We were uh, strangers and aliens in this world, and we just don't need to be any part of that, right? So it's really interesting that there's these uh, four different dynamics when it... Uh, White Christians might just be the first two, but when you when it comes to immigration and um, people of color, you could have four of those. Daniel Lee at the Asian American Center at Fuller Seminary, he, he, a great book just came out. Um, he outlines the four characteristics of being Asian American. And he says, 
uh, you know, what does it mean to be Asian American? Because we're so diverse and there's so many different experiences. But he says, number one, we have to have Asian heritage, right? So a recognition of where we come from, our roots. Even if we don't eat the food or speak the language, we recognize where we came from. And uh, it is part of our identity. Second, migration experience. Um, so there is the recognition that you're uh, sometime in the near past, if not for yourself, there was some sort of movement across the Pacific. Third, uh, American culture, because obviously we are here, we are rooted here, and so we're inevitably framed and uh, shaped by here. And then uh, fourthly, racialization. So um, we are pegged as one of the big four, you know, ethnicities in the United States, white, black, Asian, and Hispanic, right? Of course, there's also Native American, and also, of course, Hispanic is not actually an ethnicity, because this is why you always see on the census, like, are you white but not Hispanic, or you, you know, uh, Hispanic but not white, or because it, it's not actually uh, a race or ethnicity, but uh, we lump it into. So we get pegged into one of these four groups in the United States. So again, it's showing the complicated nature of being Asian American. And uh, Adrian Pei, uh, who wrote a book called The Minority Experience. Uh, says that uh, ethnic minorities in the United States um, often are characterized by pain because of what they've experienced here, uh, a lot of suffering and a lot of uh, struggle. Power uh, being uh, subject to the people in power or in trying to rise up to power, and then also their past. They're very cognizant of their histories. And so uh, this is something which is sometimes uh, white Americans, uh, especially on the conservative side, will just say past doesn't matter, right? They only say the only thing that matters is the present. But of course, the past matters. And uh, we are very um, aware of our past and where we came from. So, so it's not just where we came from in terms of geography, but it's also where we came from in terms of our history. So and uh, everything in the past impacts the present. Okay. I want to talk about this quote uh, in Latin America, you know, and as uh, Easton was saying that I actually studied Latin America a lot. That was the subject of my PhD dissertation. There's a funny phrase. Liberation theologians chose the poor, but the poor chose Pentecostalism. So in other words, sometimes I feel like those of us who are on the um, up in the ether who study these things are not really on the ground uh, where the people are and where the rubber meets the road. Sometimes people, uh, we academics t can tend to say, you know, have these highfalutin, you know, categories, and it's not actually a reality on the ground. Okay. So I feel like uh, we need to be very aware of the reality on the ground. We, we could easily, again, put it in the left right political paradigms and just say, well, if you're on the right, therefore you're anti immigrant, and, you know, just go from there. And that's an oversimplification of things. It's much more complicated on the ground, right? Again, somebody may be a grateful immigrant. Other people may be uh, fiscal conservatives. Uh, so it, there's some people think that Republican equals Christian. And so there's so many reasons for why people of color may actually vote Republican other than, you know, simply whether or not they love Donald Trump or anything. Right. So th there's uh, we, we need to dig deeper and, and see really what people are thinking. And then, of course, age matters. So. Uh, because I think sometimes Asian Americans who are older versus younger may see things differently as well. So I want to talk about this case of the New Yorker versus Bloomberg. So the New Yorker magazine actually came out a few years ago, came out with this article castigating Chick-fil-A because they Chick-fil-A opened up a um, the largest restaurant in the world of Chick-fil-A 
in New York City. And so the, the New Yorker wrote an op-ed about this and said, you know, that this uh, really is horrible because Chick-fil-A represents anti-LGBTQ. Uh, it represents this Christian fundamentalism. How dare they open up their largest restaurant in New York City, which is a bastion of liberalism, et cetera. And then Bloomberg responded with um, an article by Stephen Carter, who is an African-American professor of law at Yale University. And Stephen Carter said, you know, this is a misunderstanding of what, what this is. He says, if you look around the world, it is actually um, not white conservatives that you're blasting. If you're blasting Christians, you're actually blasting a lot of Africans because a lot of Africans are actually sort of more morally conservative on, on these sorts of matters, right? So again, it, it really uh, messes with our paradigm if we simply just do the left-right political spectrum. So th this is a very interesting uh, back and forth between the New Yorker and Bloomberg. So, and, uh, so all this is to say, and I, um, Sung Chan Rob recently posted this, being a person of color at a predominantly white institution is exhausting exhausting right so and you look at this i just screenshotted this but look at the 517 reactions 155 comments and i scrolled through the comments and like almost 100 percent of them are like yes absolutely and so and and it's interesting because you know you think whether you're at a place like fuller seminary where soon chan is right which i would put on the more uh, progressive evangelical side or Biola. I mean, even more so at Biola for me, where I'm on the more uh, conservative evangelical side um, or even a place like uh, Princeton, which is definitely more progressive than either. I think this statement is true, right? doesn't matter where on the political spectrum you fall. If you are a POC at a PWI, it is exhausting because the, the paradigms do not match. They do not um, map onto our experience. And we always have to fight against that and say, well, this is my story. And then they want to impose their story on our story, right? It doesn't work. So, and, you know, when we talk about uh, this week, really what brings to mind is uh, intersectionality. The Apostle Paul mentions at least four categories, race, gender, class, and age. And I gave the verses from Ephesians and Colossians. Um, Anne Zaki, who works for InterVarsity, uh, suggested these major considerations. She said, also, we need to think about uh, one's personality type, one's gender distinctive, cultural norms, age characteristics, and generational trends. Um, all of these things play into uh, how we uh, have our perceptions. And so let me just say that um, I came across this thing called the political compass, uh, which I think is a better Western paradigm. Even for Westerners, I think this sort of left-right spectrum doesn't work very well because you have uh, economics and you have politics, and these need to be separated or at least considered differently, okay? So you have economic left, you have economic right, you have authoritarian, and you have libertarian. And so, you know, you have countries like um, North Korea, which might uh, be on the top left. Uh, that's the red quadrant, right? And so they're authoritarian uh, in terms of their dictatorship as well as uh, economically left. Uh, but then you have the blue quadrant on the top right, which uh, might be more like China, mainland China, because although they are authoritarian, they are 
uh, more economically right. They're free market capitalists, practically, right? Uh, and then on the green on the bottom left, uh, countries that are more economically left, but more libertarian might be like Scandinavian countries, right? Um, and uh, sort of socialist. Uh, and then on the bottom right, libertarian right and economically right might be more like the United States. Okay. So um, I saw this political spectrum and then I had this idea and I said, you know, for Asian Americans, we need to have a similar quadrant, except it needs to not be politics and economics. But it needs to be uh, more like uh, Asian versus American. In other words, which side of the Pacific do you come from, right? Or how close are you to which side of the Pacific? The Asian uh, being on the top and the American being on the bottom uh, and the Democrat being on the left, the Republican being on the right. Um, maybe I shouldn't even say de Democrat or Republican because that's still imposing sort of a, uh, a, a white uh, paradigm on this. But you get what I'm saying. This is why my talk is entitled both vertical and horizontal considerations of belonging. And so uh, this is why often it, there's so much dissonance between um, different types of Asian Americans because uh, we need to not only say, well, are we left or right, but we also need to say if we are um, more of the Asian side or more of the American side as we straddle the trans-Pacific realities, right? And so uh, different people can slot into different ones of these quadrants. And so I think that if we can do that, we can actually have a more nuanced paradigm through which to talk to each other, right? So ultimately, I see Christianity as the bridge or the solution because, you know, we need to not do these three choices. We need to not parrot white Western Christians, right? Whether right or left. We need to uh, not double down on our Asian-ness because we're Asian Americans, right? We're not from Asia, uh, but we do need to dialogue well with those from Asia. And third, uh, or we need to not become African-American or any other POCs. Again, nothing wrong with that, but uh, that's not us. We're, we're Asian-Americans. So how do we think of who we are as Asian-Americans? So um, sorry, I said these three choices, but ultimately uh, we need to uh, all the, just all of this wrapped up is to not put our politics before our Christianity. So the fourth choice I alluded to earlier what is to be Christian Asian American, not just Asian American. You know, my, my wife is actually ethnically Jewish. And when we got married, I realized how many resonances we have with each other, right? I mean, Jewish and Chinese, there's like so many commonalities. Uh, we both value academic excellence, uh, both value, you know, hard work, both value like classical music. I mean, you think of like Yo-Yo Man, it's like Perlman, right? And when I was uh, in, I did my undergrad at Yale University. I played violin. I, I swear the entire Yale Symphony Orchestra was either Asian or Jewish, right? So it's like both sides also uh, just really value, uh, you know, getting a deal, right? When you're shopping, but also business-minded and think, there's just a lot of resonances. But, but um, ultimately, um, what I'm really getting down to here is... Christianity can actually be such a bridge and a resonance uh, with our Chinese-ness, okay? Um, and we need to ultimately let Christianity shape our Asian-ness or our Asian-American-ness instead of letting our Asian-ness or Asian-American-ness shape our Christianity. Andrew Walls in his book, The Missionary Movement in Christian History, says uh, that all Christians have two identities. We have the indigenizing principles, which is that we are rooted in a specific history and a culture and can only theologize from our situatedness. And yet, the pilgrim principle is that we are aliens and strangers in this world, 
And we're part of the city of God and we have a new identity. The thing is, we have to hold intention both of these. And I think that sometimes the political right only does the pilgrim principle and the political left only does the indigenizing principle. So ways that Chinese and Chinese Americans can be reconciled via reciprocity. And what I mean by this is if Christianity is the bridge between Chinese and Chinese Americans, the trans-Pacific realities, then we need to recognize that people in the first century, the first century Jews were sojourners. They were pilgrim people who moved, moved often moved to a promised land or searching for a better place uh, or is fleeing slavery. Uh, they are bicultural. Right. So um, the Bible is very Greek and Hebrew at the same time and sort of navigating both realities uh, on our shame. And I think especially uh, with Gen Z in the United States becoming ever more uh, on our shame reality um, and filial piety, which is in the Bible, you know, honor your parents. Right. And so I'm going to land the plane here. Uh, this is what I see as the solution. Christianity, I think too often we've use Christianity as our tool to support our politics. But I think that we need to actually use Christianity as the solution to bridge the trans-Pacific divide. Thank you. We here at the Center for Asian American Christianity at Princeton Theological Seminary invite you to join in the ongoing dialogue on Asian American faith, identity, social engagement, and ministry through our newsletter, blog, and upcoming conferences 